0: at MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's MikecrOC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike Crock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike Crock. I'm in the house today with my man, Adam Hires, good friend of mine. And guys, I want to introduce you to him. But before I do that, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for your support of the What Are You Made Of movement and the Rocket Fuel book. You can be unstoppable as well, just like I am, by go getting that book, the Rocket Fuel book, I'm sorry, at mikecrock.com forward slash book, mikecrock.com forward slash book. Grant Cardone, none other than Grant Cardone, wrote the forward for the book. And he talks about in the forward what Rocket Fuel means to him and his business. Guys, go get that book. It is unbelievable, and I put like guys. By the way, like the the effort that I put into this is was all about helping other people find this formula that I created. So go get that. With that being said, I want to introduce you to Adam Hires taking a leap of faith. Adam Hires joined the mortgage loan industry in 2016. His desire to succeed has allowed him to become a top one percent income earner and loan originator in the United States. With his background in powerlifting, Adam achieved number one in his weight class, which led him to start in. His first coaching job in powerlifting and strength athletics, a lifestyle based on discipline and the motivation to always bet on yourself. Adam started using his experience and sales leadership skills to develop courses to enhance mortgage loan officer skills, not only for their business but their themselves as well. Adam, welcome to the show,
1: brother. I'm excited to be on here, man. Got need. I need some need some constant rocket fuel. That's what it's baby. all about.
0: Let's go. Let's go. We don't do injections here. We do infusion.
1: There it's you a go. Constant
0: flow, baby. Love it. So hey, look, look, we start to show the same thing every time, asking the same question. What are you made of, Adam?
1: Man, I'm uh, I'm made of just relentless, relentlessness. I guess that's uh, I'm a relentless in nature. Kind of like the back here, success is going from one one failure to the next without losing enthusiasm. Just being relentless, kind of like I was watching, I rewatched the uh, was last night was some documentary of the last dance from Michael Jordan. It's like and just get in that mode again, right? Like cont- yeah. continuously infuse, right? The rocket fuel inside of the energy that says, man, I'm just going to continue to walk through fire or whatever I had to do to win. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of just kind of who I am.
0: Yeah. now there's always something behind that though. And people aren't just relentless for no reason. They have to have something that is at the end of this or something mm-hmm. that they're going for. And mm-hmm. you know, what is that for you? What is, what, you know, I can, I can say, what does success mean to you? Or But where does that relentlessness come from?
1: It comes from, I mean, some different areas. I mean, I was, uh, you know, grew up in a, grew up poor, had, you know, real abusive father mentally, physically, and just, I just didn't want to want to be that way. And so uh, when I was powerlifting, I was doing everything to armor myself to, you know, just really shun off the world a little bit. But it was, there was something inside me that said, I got to do something different. I got to be, I cannot be average. And I hate, I hate being average Oh, everybody else can do it. I've got to do something special. And so I think for me, it was always getting away from, you know, some of that, you know, negative energy that my dad was placing in me, which in turn, I was actually negative in different ways, putting on armor. And later in life, I kind of figured out that I was succeeding in a lot of ways, but I was also deteriorating in a lot of ways because of how I, was, uh, how I was going about my days and how I was a little too angry, right? So I was yeah. lifting a little angry, being a little angry, which, which there's a lot of great things that came from that, but there's also some negative things that came from that. And so, you know, today it's more of, you know, it's more of growth and helping other people grow. Kind of like you talked off the bat is I love helping people grow in achieving things that they didn't think they could. And I just get feed that energy just flows through me and it feeds my passion to, to help others be the exception, be different, you know, break the mold, those kinds of things. So,
0: yeah. Now, do you have a relationship with your dad nowadays or no?
1: I do not. I do not.
0: Yeah. I I don't, I don't have one with mine either. So, but like, do you know, when you're looking back, like, were you the only child or was there? No, I I had
1: a, I have an older brother, four years older. Yeah which is kind of funny because I'm not funny, but you know, just interesting is that he was the angry one quote unquote in my mind, because he was really vocal about it. I was like, I'm not angry, but like I was showing other anger within me, you know, I was triggered really easily. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I, it it took me a while to actually come to terms with that. And so when I, when I came to terms with, Hey, I am angry and why am I angry and really, started diving into the growth aspect outside of just powerlifting and, and being as strong as I could is when I started really developing. And then when I turned it on in business, I was able to turn it on rather quickly because yeah. of the experiences I had, um, with, with powerlifting and the growth process I had for the, uh, just the recovery. Right now. So what did you do as a teenager? A teenager? I mean, I was, yeah. I was, yeah, I was Were in a sports or like what? Yeah, I was into sports, loved sports, loved baseball, uh, football, wrestled, uh, uh, and then I just moved around a ton. So I grew up in Upper Michigan until I was 14 years old, out in the middle of nowhere, working working all the time. We had literally, when I people were like, well, you're not that old. We had no electricity. <laughs> we had no electricity, outhouse, you know, and you're talking about Upper Michigan, and cold, it's all get out.
0: Now, was that, was that like an Amish thing or you just no. know
1: the area that
0: like, well, cause I mean, where I grew mm. up in uh, Southeastern Pennsylvania, the Amish are there and they didn't have electricity. So I didn't know if it was yeah, just because it was far away or.
1: You know, I don't know the reason why my dad just did that. He, you know, I grew, I, I was born in Springfield, Illinois and at about a year old, he drove, he took us to upper Michigan, a little place called uh garden, Michigan. It's a speck on the map. There's nobody around. And we had 120 acres and there was about three or 400 acres plus as well around it that were really uninhabited. It would just be hunters. And so we just had no electric out there. I don't know why we, why this, the, that was, mm-hmm. uh, but we had, you know, the firewood we brought in and all that good stuff, but yeah, no, no electric. And it was very, um, it was, it had, it had its good, good times. Right. Because, yeah. you know, my parents would leave during the day and, you know, when we went to work and, It'd be just me, my brother, and I. Which I'm, I don't know how we took, we got out of there without killing each other because we literally about killed each other at different times, and we, we, you know at one point shooting pellet guns at each other, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. The middle of nowhere. I mean, you can't leave two. What boys, else
0: was there to do? <laughs> you can't leave two <laughs> boys
1: un, you know, unintended to. So, yeah. but it was a lot of work, and so obviously I got a lot of work ethic from from doing you know the chores, and but then at, we we moved to Texas when I was 14 years old, and two a day football. Uh, Did you have electric,
0: I, electricity in Texas? Yes, oh, yes. Okay, okay, so yeah, you're so about fourteen years old, till your teenage years, you were you had no electricity.
1: Right. That's wild, man. So, so we moved up to Texas. Yeah, we're we're at that point where it was it was like regular life, and and, yeah. and well, you know, as far as the electricity and all that yeah. good stuff, I uh, almost died 2 a football football because here it is in Texas, like one hundred and four degrees out there. And I'm never, I've never been above like 70 degrees in Upper Biscuit, basically. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's been there, it doesn't get much past like 70, 75 and no humidity. And so, yeah, I played there, but we moved three different high schools. So it was really difficult. And with everything I had going on, I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of, you know, turmoil there because uh, what was going on at home and and moving was just was just terrible. So I was always into sports and I was really, really good at them. But the moving around this, this killed a lot. Yeah. Of
0: now, how did you deal with your abusive stuff as a teenager and then into your twenties? Like, 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 did, uh, did you get into partying? Did you like, what?
1: no, I didn't really get into partying, uh, partying. Um, you know, obviously I'd, you know, I'd hang out with friends and drink, but nothing, nothing serious. I wasn't ever, I didn't ever go full throttle into acting out when it came to drinking and partying and all that. I, I just, I really, I started lifting a little bit, Mm-hmm. When I was 17, again, and 18, went to the military and then I got out and then I started boxing. And so I was I was full into boxing and I couldn't get fights because it was just you'd show up and sometimes somebody pull out or whatever. Right. And which I hated. So I, I had some fights, but, you know, I, was, I had these big dreams. So I took but I was working at a factory at the time. 12 hour shifts it was difficult, obviously, a train, but I was doing it. I was <laughs> like dead all the time, but i was i was I was mm-hmm. working and, and and doing everything I could to be a great boxer and then I picked up a book, came across pavel i can't i always hack his name it's like Tasselini. he's a you know russian guy it's uh you know it was squats, or excuse me bench press and deadlift of five reps and yeah, I was like, hmm. heard of that yeah, yeah, yeah so. I was like, let me try this out. So I went and bought 390 pounds of weights and I deadlifted it nine times really le- or five times real easy. I was like, hmm. So I went to the gym and I deadlifted 580 pounds the first time I ever deadlifted. And I was like, I wonder if that's even good. So I looked at, I got a, came across the Powerlifting USA magazine and I was like, okay, that's not bad for, just you know, at the time the I was like a little over 200, about 200 pounds. And uh, I was like, okay. And I just got addicted and I never went back to boxing. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a powerlift. So, yeah that's where it took off from there.
0: And then, and benching, what were you benching? Like when you first started? Like when you um, About 300 pounds. Yeah. And then you build from there. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of, you had some kind of natural, like, like strength in there, brute strength that yeah. to get started, a good foundation. And then you were working before you got into the mortgage business, you were working in a factory or what were you doing? Working
1: in a factory um, until I was, so from like, for like five years or so, six years, I got into the mortgage industry in my twenties. For man, it was like a year or so, like i was you know I was doing it, but I was powerlifting, and i had I, I did some other part time jobs, you know, most of my energy was focused on powerlifting mm-hmm. and were they, you making you know,
0: money were you making money with powerlifting? No, oh, okay
1: no I, no, if, no, I didn't know
0: if they had sponsors or any of that kind of stuff or if
1: the only way you really make money in powerlifting is is if you're if you're doing something as an entrepreneur you're you know you're doing you're selling. Programs or you know all that good stuff. I mean, there's but money as far as even competitions. I mean, it's nothing that you're going to be able to quit your job for. Gotcha. I mean, that's just that's just not going to happen. So I was powerlifting, but I and I was I got in the mortgage industry for for Hotman and when it was crazy back in the two thousand you know eight area where you know anybody could get a mortgage and it was crazy. So mm-hmm. and then I did some other jobs. Then I ended up running Ashley. Finally, I really wasn't again trying to push anything but powerlifting. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what, I got to start doing something. So really about eight years ago is when I decided, okay, I'm going to try to do something outside of just powerlifting. And so I ended up running an Aaron sales and lease as a general manager for like a couple of years. Then I became, I was like, I went to Ashley Furniture, ran an Ashley Furniture for a few years. And then five years ago, Less than five years ago, I went in the mortgage industry. I was like, you know, I kind of did that before, but not really because <laughs> I was like not really doing much of it. Yeah. And uh, my M one less number, which is funny, it's 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 real low, and it looks like I've been doing you it. kept forever, the same but,
0: one. You kept the same. Yeah, one? yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, literally, here's what happened when it switched over because I was like really still not doing it, but I was like I was I knew the owner and I was kind of there, whatever. And so you had to take the test. They 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 in a in a introducing test. I never took the test. I literally got my my NMLS number and like I didn't ever do anything. Right. So I was this had this low NMLS number, right. but really I, you know, wasn't in it. And so I came to, you know, I ended up, you know, it was it was one of those times where it, it was you when looking back, you're like, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was running Ashley Furniture and it was this new store, but it was an old Lowe's building, and it just it did not look like the normal Ashley Furniture. And I would have to argue with people that it's not a green couch, it's a brown couch. <laughs> because it was like the horrible lighting, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, I would go to some of these, uh, they would get all of us managers together, different stores like around the, you know, around the country. And they'd be like, well, man, your your dollars per guest can go up. You just have to shine your light this way. I'm like, dude, I got, a, I got lights, <laughs> like, Four hundred foot up, man. This doesn't apply right, to me. Right, so, right. Um, so I was running the store, and I made the biggest mistake I ever make, and I'll tell people right now: like, never make this mistake. And you probably made this mistake. Is never hire somebody you know it's going to be a col- bad cultural fit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I was like, I need a good salesperson because it was it was hard to find good, you know, people that mm-hmm. were good in sales.
0: I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book rocket fuel is available for sale now at Mike forward slash book. That's mikecrockcom forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives guys. I will not let you down now back to the show.
1: And I knew like this guy's story didn't add up. I was like, but I was like, man, I can sell. I think can sell. And about a month later, I realized how big a mistake that was because he was like tearing through my store, like just, just, to, just causing all sorts of chaos. And I mean, he was starting rumors everywhere, myself included, and it just came to a head and things were going downhill. And I just didn't know how to really turn it. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a cancer. And I went back home at the time to my wife and I said, they're going to fire me. And she's like, they're not going to fire you. I was like, it, it's coming. And I was like, I, I, I'm telling you, it's coming. And so I'm going to start looking. So I went to two different jobs and one of them was a mortgage company. And I sat down they're like, tell me about it. I'm like, okay, cool. It's like, I think this would be great. I was like pumped up. I go back home. I'm like, honey, I think this would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And she's like, is that all commission? I was like, yeah. she's like, you ain't doing that. I'm like, oh, (laughs) okay. So I'm sitting there like, man, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, I feel like I could do this. Like, cause I, you know, I feel like now I'm like prepared to do this. And about two weeks later, general manager comes walking in through the back of the store. And I'm like, or the regional manager, excuse me. And I, well, damn this, here it comes. Right. You, and he's like, I know we're have to let you go. And I'm like, okay. And I was almost like, yeah, that, that's fine. Let's go. Let's right. go time. And I was like, I have no other choice but to do it. And so I went, no, told nobody, you know, at mortgage business. I was, I was, I was canned and <laughs> came on and Three months in, I'm starting to sling, uh, you know, a lot of deals, and I made more money in a month than I ever, ever made in my life. And here we are today. So it's yeah. the best thing that ever could have happened to me. By the way, they've never hit the numbers at that store at Ashley to this yeah. day that I hit when I was there. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. They, they didn't know, realize what they what they lost right. either. So well, so it's all happened. good.
0: Yeah, things happen for a reason, right? So so yeah. how did you get started so fast in the mortgage business? Like why? Why did you have that? And I have a, I know why already, but I want you to tell the audience.
1: (laughs) Again, I mean, we talked about them relentless. It's just, I had no choice. I mean, I got these, just, you know, wristband here, no choice for growth legs, impact. It's just in me. I I was like, I can't. All the ships are burned. I didn't have anything to burl out. They gave me a little small salary at, at the company I was with for mortgages. And, but it wasn't anything. I didn't really have this big nest egg you know, or anything. I didn't really have that much set back. And I just had no choice at that point. And so I just took what I knew to do and go with it. I started YouTubing. I was like, how, how do I get business? YouTube, Googled. I mean, there's a wealth of knowledge on, you yeah. know, on the internet. If you just look at it, it's like, okay, you need to talk to real estate agents. Okay, great. What do I tell real estate agents? Mm-hmm. Great. And I talk about this on my, my podcast all the time is that it's like, what do you, when you go back, sometimes I think we always look like, what are we doing better now? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we fail to go, what was I doing better in the beginning? And what I was, what I did really well at the beginning is blissful ignorance. Yep. Like I didn't have the pretty girl syndrome. And I talk about this, the pretty girl syndrome where I was like, Oh my gosh, like this agent's doing this amount. I can't talk to him at the beginning. I didn't know who anybody was like, like I didn't, you know, it could be like me talking to you and I didn't know who Max C Rock was. Like he was just, <laughs> he was just man, Mike. Just Mike, like, I'm just, right? I am just, just, just Mike, right? right? I am just but Mike. but you get you get the point, right? It's like, like even yeah, a Grant yeah. Cardone. If I don't know who Grant Cardone is, yeah. like or you know, then it's like I, I mean you just you just talk to him, right? So yeah, yeah. when they start labeling things. So when I came in, I didn't know who anybody was. I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm finding real estate agents and I'm calling them and I'm getting in front of them. You know, how do I talk to them? And it was like, I remember having these sheets, right? Like you could, you could print off the property sheet with like, and you could co-sponsor it and it would show like how much their payment mm-hmm. is. And it, you still can do those at the time. I thought that was like revolutionary because the company's like, Oh, we can do this. I'm like to come find out later. Like everybody can do that. Yeah. 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 However, to me, it was like, it was still though my passion And my willingness to actually follow through with doing those things and go with like, man, I'm trying to give to you resonated and people were sending me business. And so I think today, you know, sometimes we all complicate things, but it's just like I'm going to get in front of people and I'm going to serve and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to share my energy with people. People are going to gravitate towards you, and you're going to get business. and You're going to grow.
0: Yeah. Now, how did you avoid the commission breath though? Like, because you didn't have anything, you were a burner ships at that point, but and you, but yeah. you needed money, right? So, right. Like, how did you avoid that part of it?
1: Well, I mean, I asked a lot of questions. I think that I know that the problem is, and I remember I went to a meeting. <clears throat> it was I was six months in, and we went to this regional meeting in in Tennessee, and there was hundreds of loan officers there at my company, and they said, Adam want you to get up because and talk about like how you've grown your business so quickly because you had you know no business. And I was like, okay, cool. And because I, at the, my six month in, I did like 20 loans in a month where everybody's like, how the hell did you do that? I was, you know, six months out of the gate and it was all referral based, wasn't paid for, all that. And so I was like, well, I asked them these questions to do this, this, this. And then after that meeting, I had different loan officers call me and they're like, dude, like, Show, show me the secret. And I said, let me ask you, like, what are you doing when you go to the meetings or when you call them? like, Oh man, we, we do this. We, we close this quickly. We do this, do this. And I was like, and, and at the company that I was with, cause I'm not gonna name their name, but like they have their, they're, they're all about the Kool-Aid, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like how we, they, they process loans, how fast they can do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And have this, this mantra and it's cool. But when you, when these loan officers were regurgitating this to the, to the real estate agents, real estate don't care,
0: uh-uh.
1: they don't care. And so that is commission breath because like, what, what can we, what we do? So I said, well, stop there. I said, like, who is that, like, who is that really helping when you're talking about like that? What do they really want? Because I remember this, and this is one, one thing that I, I, lesson I really learned on this, especially. So I thought it was hot. Hot crap, man. I'll try mm-hmm. to cuss. I don't know if I can cuss on it.
0: No, it's fine. <laughs> it. so, okay.
1: so, this agent calls me up. I'm I'm about six months in the same kind of time frame, And I'm like slinging deals. Like I got this great reputation of closing down, th- you know, loans, all this. So, I get a, a real estate agent, calls me. Never talked to her before. She's like, hey, I heard you can close loans quick. I was like, hell yeah, I can. And I started going on like, man, I could do this. I could do this, 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 this. And I get to the end of it. I'm thinking, man, she's just going to like, hell yeah, I'm going to start sending you all these deals. And then I got smacked right in the face with a shovel. She says, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I want to move that quick. And I'm like, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, totally just like, whoa, just like, because I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. And she said, I said, and that was hard for me to recover because I was already in like, you know, I was already leaning all the way forward instead Mm -hmm. of instead of being right in the middle, having conversations. And she said, well, I feel like there'd be too many mistakes made and everybody felt rushed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I never recovered on that conversation and I never got any deals from her. She was willing to have a conversation with me and think, hey, you're probably pretty good. But once I started like having the commission breath of like, man, you know, I could do this in not having a real authentic conversation of like, well, we can, what's important to you? How right. or how... What does quick closing okay. mean to you? Yeah. Right? Yep.
0: What Easy. can I help you with? Like, what, yeah. what, what can I get you information on today? Yeah. Let yeah. her talk, right? Open the door for them, let them talk. Yeah. Yeah. Big difference, man. I love that. So, so now you're into coaching as well, right? Because you got your, you got your mortgage business, you got your team going right now. And then you're also coaching other loan officers, right? Not, not realtors, but loan officers, right? Correct. Okay. Gotcha. And so you're basically finding out the same thing. It's like, correct me if I'm wrong, as you're coaching people, like you find out they have the same issues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah. It's, and so you start to see the repetitiveness of it and you say, start saying the same things. Explain that a little bit though, how how your coaching business got off the ground and how it's going now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're saying exactly what I talk about all the time is, is, is you got, you have to listen to your, you have to listen to your, uh, your clients. And then the biggest thing is not getting lost in their story, but what's their theme? Mm-hmm. Cause you kind of talked about that right there. Well, everybody has, has the same thing where, you know, if you start getting lost in a story, you don't know the theme. Like the theme could be, they have an old messaging, right? Like you probably, you have it all the time. I'm sure it's a rocket fuel because people are, have old messaging for they can't grow to a certain level because, you know, it could have been like their dad or something said, whatever, they got old messaging. They're not good enough. And the biggest thing for me is always like, what's the theme in the story? Because everybody's got a juicy, sexy story but what's the theme in this story? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, I'm a, I'm a mortgage coach, but I also would say, um, you know, just I'm someone that is going to get down to, to just more than just tactics and strategies, but like what's really underneath and what's really holding you back. Yeah. The block, what's the blockage. Yeah. Cause right? we all have, have the
0: root, the root problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of coaches out there are just like, well, you're not calling off people. Well, okay. But there's there's maybe a reason there yeah. you know yeah like there's there's there may be a reason because like if somebody doesn't want to cold call somebody for example because the they had the one time they did they they called in front of their kid and their kid you know heard them yelling you know right uh it's somebody yelling at them and now it's, they associated with it yeah right there's all these different things that happen so it's like getting back to that i think you have to have structure with with people as well obviously so there's a balance of i feel between structure Here's the way like the program should work, but here's also some things that, you know, we can, you know, customize to, to that, that individual. Right.
0: Right. I love that, man. So look, how can my audience get in touch
1: with you before I ask the final question? Pretty much anyway, Adam Hires. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, uh, HiresCoaching.com. You can definitely find me there and then go to my podcast as well. If you want to see me there, Mortgage Talks listen to me hit me up there i'm pretty available you you can find me
0: and now you just moved from kentucky to georgia right
1: recently yeah about two months ago yeah yeah so
0: he's in georgia now guys so if you're in the georgia area go find adam go support him because he's a guest on my show and he had me on his show as well which was a great time Mm -hmm. and guys the final question for you adam here we always ask the guests this at the end of the show what does the rocket fuel concept mean to you i
1: believe it's it I have a a thing called Power Four, which I coach on and I have events on. And the number one thing is energy, right? Energy is life and rocket fuel is life, right? The rocket fuel is everything that is the stories you're telling yourself, everything that you can achieve. I think rocket fuel is, is, like you say, infusing that what is your real internal why and drive that is going to push you forward and just being freaking dynamic, absolutely dynamic in the, the few things that you do well, taking that from a six to a 10. The biggest thing we tell ourselves and we and people say is, oh my gosh, I'm a I'm a master at none, you know, kind of thing. And, and yeah. no, be a master at a few things. Stop being a jack of all trades. Be a master at a few things that are freaking great and, and fuse the rocket fuel that is going to push you forward, that's going to move the needle, that is going to help others along with your journey. So, man, I'm just, I love, love it. Man. I love your message and uh, love being on here.
0: Love it, man. Thank you so much, Adam. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing with my audience. And I wish you the best in anything you desire to do, brother. You know, I got, I got your back on that. Guys, you've been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C. Rock and Adam Hires. You can be unstoppable as well. Go get that Rocket Fuel book, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable with Grant Cardone, who's wrote the forward. That's at MikeSearock.com forward slash book. And please go subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. If you'd like to watch these instead of just listen, you can go to MikeSearock.com. I'm sorry, Mike Searock on YouTube and watch these episodes. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikeserock.com, themikeserock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at MikeSerockShiraco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel Book is available at my website, Mike crock.com forward slash book that's mike c-r-o-c.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy thank you so much for your support and your listenership it means the world to me